Hello and welcome to What the Buck. My name is Jennifer. I am a labor and delivery nurse and a certified labor doula. This podcast is created to inform and empower every woman on all of their options surrounding their pregnancy. Join me here every Monday at 9 a.m. as we dive into all things prenatal, birth, postpartum, and so much more. So let's jump into today's Welcome to another episode of What the Bump. We have Rowan on the podcast to share her birth story. So thank you for being here and sharing your story. Yeah, no worries. I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> awesome. So first off, tell me a little bit about yourself and your family. Um, I'm Rowan. I am married to my husband, Josh. We got married in 2020. 2020 yes. <laughs> We're another like COVID you know, um, we got affected by COVID. So our wedding got pushed, but we still ended up getting married in October, 2020, which was awesome. I'm um, an artist in residence dance teacher. So I teach dance in public schools all across um, Alberta and Ontario because I'm from Canada. Yay. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, I have two puppies and now we have a little baby. Oh, so exciting. What what kind of dogs do you have? French bulldogs. Oh, okay. I, so I'm not a little dog fan, like sure. whatsoever, but I always say if I ever had a little dog, like, or the only little dog I guess I would ever have would be a French bulldog. They're so stinking cute. Totally agree. I've always, I grew up with like golden retrievers and we had labs. So this is the first time I've had a small dog, but I'm obsessed with them. They're so, they're so sweet. They are. They're so cute. <laughs> All right. So let's kind of jump into your pregnancy and your birth story. Um, tell me about finding out you were pregnant. So um, when Josh and I got married, we wanted to wait about like a year before we wanted to start having kids. But um, I had like an ER trip um, a couple times during like 2020 and um, 2019. And one that was like particularly not great, it was like during my period. And basically they told me that I might not be able to conceive. They think it's like endometriosis or it could be like cysts or it could be something totally different. But there was something like on my ovary. So um, we kind of got that news um, unexpectedly. So we decided to start trying earlier. Um, so we started trying in April and we got pregnant our first try, <laughs> which is really great, but it was, um, you know, not expected. Yes. We just bought a house and we were living with my parents because our house was getting built. So I found out um, when I was packing, I was like, I feel like I'm pregnant. We went for like a drink earlier that week and I was, I like couldn't finish my beer. I only had like a few sips fixed. So I was like, I just have this feeling, but you know, it was the first try. So I'm like, there's no way, but yep, it turned positive. It was so exciting. And I told Josh and he freaked out and yeah, it was all happy news. It was just like super early. Yeah. That's, that's amazing though. Even, you know, like you said, you were told, oh, you might not be able to conceive and then first try. So um, that just goes to show that, you know, just because they're a doctor doesn't mean they know everything. <laughs> yeah. And they shouldn't scare you like that either. Like, right. I feel like it, it should have been more of a, you know, it's a possibility, not right. like, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty scary for us. And it was actually funny because we wanted to avoid December at all costs um, because we're a huge like Christmas family and I have two nephews and they're both born in December. So I was like, okay, no December babies coming from us. Um, but we got pregnant in April and I was like, that's okay. It's January, but it's early January and we had our baby in December. So. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It happens. So how was your pregnancy? You know, um, it was for the most part, good. My first trimester was absolutely terrible. Um, I had no idea it could be that bad. I've heard of morning sickness. I've heard of things, but, um, I was sick probably. I would say like 24, 24, seven, at least 12 hours of the day, I was like feeling terrible. Mm. I slept in the bathroom a lot of the time. I was, yeah, I puked like a minimum, like 10 to 25 times a day. I felt like constantly, constantly puking, couldn't eat anything. And I'm like a dance teacher and we were teaching through like zoom. So I couldn't really do that uh during like we like it's the good that we like team teach because I had to like go off screen just to like throw up sometimes and I had like no energy and I'm usually like super optimistic and super like energetic and positive and I was like I have nothing in me like I can't I can't do it so that was really hard 
Um, and that lasted until about 14 weeks, I'd say. It slowly got better. Like I got some um, anti-nausea meds and they didn't really help me, which is unfortunate. Um, they, they just made me feel like super shaky, but I still like threw up all the time. So I'm like, wow. what's the point in taking them? And then I had um, really bad migraines, which I usually get, but I had that, which was very hard. So I had to go to the hospital a couple of times just for like fluids because I was throwing up so much yeah. and I had yeah. migraines and I was in so much pain. It was oh, not fun. Well, and I'm sure, you know, puking and not eating and not drinking only makes that migraine 10 times worse. Um, so, you know, that could not have been a great combination. No, that definitely didn't, that didn't help. So yeah, first trimester, not fun. Um, I, I was like, okay, maybe I'm not doing this again. <laughs> I was like, this sucks but it does, it did get better. And my second trimester was awesome. I had so much energy. I felt like beautiful, which I feel like it's amazing. Yeah. I didn't expect that. Um, when your body changes, I was kind of like preparing myself to, you know, go through it, but it was great. And then third trimester was great up until 35 weeks. Um, and that's when things kind of started to go downhill. I, all of a sudden I just had like high blood pressure at one of my appointments, which I didn't think was like a big deal. And my doctor was like, yeah, it's okay. But the nurse who like took my high blood pressure, she's like, that's very high for, for me at least. And I was like, okay. Um, and then that was like a Friday. My appointments were always on Friday. And then on the Sunday, I um, woke up with like a terrible migraine that I usually get. And I've been trying not to take like meds during the pregnancy, especially like I know there was like new information about Tylenol that like came out. So I was very stressed about that. So I was like trying not to take any, but it was really bad. So I had to take, had to take some Tylenol and then I waited, it did nothing. I waited a few hours and take more. Um, my vision started to go kind of weird. And I had like, I was at, I went and visited my grandparents and when I was there, it just got so, so bad. And I used their blood pressure thing. And my blood pressure was like, oh, it was like um, 149 over like 107. Which to, me, which to me, I was like, okay, that's not good. That's way too high. So I went to the hospital and um, they said that they were 99% sure I had preeclampsia and that I was going to have the baby that day. And I was 35 weeks and how many? And five? Yeah, 30, 35 and five. So I was stressed. My husband was like stressed, but excited. He's like, oh, this is great. Like, <laughs> like it's terrible, but oh my gosh, we're going to meet our baby today. But I'm like, it's way too early. And it was very stressful. And then um, they ran a bunch of labs and my labs came back like, okay. So because of that, they're like, we're gonna hold off, but we're gonna keep you. So I just stay in the hospital for about four days and just get um, a bunch of labs and NSTs and all that kind of stuff. And my headache went away after like a day and a half. And um, my blood pressure like stabilized a little bit. It was still high, but it wasn't as high. Um, and the only thing that dropped was my platelets dropped um, significantly. So then they had to keep me longer because of that. And at the end, they ended up letting me go home because they're like, well, you're not in the state that we would um, deliver the baby right now. So we're going to let you go home, which I was happy about because I didn't want to stay there any longer. Right. Right. Yeah. But um, I had to come back every two days for NSDs and blood work and stuff. So that it was just constant from there i spent like every second day in the hospital and sometimes i would have to stay for longer if things didn't look good and finally that was yeah 35 weeks and then the following week on a monday was the first day that my husband didn't come with me because he had to go back to work and i felt good that day i felt way better i was like oh it's gonna be an easy it's gonna be fine and that's the day they decided to induce me because my blood pressure was higher than usual and my platelets dropped below a hundred. Mm. Um, and uh, I had protein in my urine for the first time during all of this. So they're like, okay, it's time. So that started my delivery, which was crazy. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like you were kind of like brewing up some preeclampsia for a little bit, but you know, kind of stable enough to go home, but return. Obviously you said that they end up keeping you and inducing you prior to that. Had you, um, you know, done any like childbirth education classes? Did you kind of have, I'm sure, you know, even if you had a little bit of a birth plan, a lot of it changed when, you know, you found out you were being induced. Um, but did you have anything that you, you know, were planning for? 
Um, kind of. I wanted to keep an open mind because it was my first pregnancy and everything. Um, I didn't, I really wanted to avoid a C-section. Um, and I wanted to kind of go as long as I could naturally without um, medication was kind of what my goal was. I wanted to um, use like water and I wanted to walk a lot and just like feel as much as I could. And I wasn't like against an epidural or anything, but I didn't, I didn't want it like right away. I wanted to see how, like what I could do and how I could like go through the process before. Yeah. So that was kind of my plan. I did also want to like labor at home for a while because I I have like, cause I probably have endometriosis. My, my period cramps are like deadly. Ugh, they're terrible. So I'm used to being in like so much pain and I always like use the bath or the shower and I always use like pressure right. and heating pads. And so I was like, okay, I feel like it's going to be like that, but like worse. So I'm like, if I use the same tech techniques at home, then that would help. So that's what I wanted to do. But yeah, that definitely didn't work out. I didn't really want to be induced, but I wasn't against it. Right. I have a friend right. of mine is the only other um, really close friend of mine that um, that has had kids. So I always like ask her for advice and she's had, she's on her fourth and um, she has always been induced. So I was like, okay, hey, what's your experience? And she's had a positive experience during it. So I'm like, okay, maybe it's fine. It'll be okay. But it was very long. Yes. Was there any concern about your platelets as far as like an epidural? Because I know each hospital kind of differs a little bit, but a lot of times in general, like the overarching rule of thumb is um, platelets under a hundred. They are usually pretty uncomfortable with giving an epidural um, because platelets are obviously responsible for blood clotting. So they don't want to put a needle in your back and place an epidural and all of that when your platelets are low. So how, what was the kind of concern with that? Yeah, they told me that, um, on the Monday. So when they were like, Hey, your platelets are now, I was at like 97, I think they were like, so we're going to do two because at this point we would still give you an epidural, but if they dropped any lower, I think they said like under, under 90, they wouldn't consider it anymore. So that freaked me out too. Just, just because knowing like that options off the table, I was like, I don't know about that. Um, so yeah, they did talk to me about that. Um, a few other like concerns about, um, like the protein in my urine and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I was worried about that. Okay. All right. So tell us about your induction and labor. Okay. So, um, Monday they let me go home and grab some stuff. So I went home and my husband like came home from work and we had everything ready, thankfully at that point, because before we did not have our bags packed and it was a mess just spending like four days in the hospital without any of your things. I highly recommend slippers to anyone who doesn't have that on their list because I hated going to the washroom all the time and I'm like, I had to put socks on and then if I was hot, I would have, oh, it sucks. So yeah, slippers are important. <laughs> um, I went home, I grabbed my stuff and we talked to my parents to go take care of our dogs. And um, I expected it to be like, they told me that like, it can take like a couple of days. So I was like, okay. Let's plan for that. I went back and um, got started with Cervidil at four o'clock. So at four o'clock, um, I was, yeah, induced. You have to like lay down for two hours. I think they said I had to stay laying down for. And it was, um, it was okay. It's kind of weird. It's like a weird, I didn't expect it to be. Um, it's like a scratchy like like tampon. A yeah, totally. It was, it's, yeah, it wasn't super comfortable, but it wasn't terrible. Um, so that started, um, I didn't have any contractions until the following day and then they started coming quite consistently. Um, they weren't like terrible, but every like 10 minutes or so, and, um, they were starting to get stronger and then they checked me the following day. So 24 hours and, um, I had dilated 0.5 centimeters. <laughs> so I was like, great, not, not a lot. <laughs> I started, I think not at zero. I think I started at 0.5. They said like a fingertip. Yeah. So I think that's point. Yep. Yeah. And so, and they said in order to like go on Pitocin and everything, you have to be at least two or three centimeters. So I was like, okay, baseline, but I was, um, 60% effaced already. So at least I had something there. Um, but yeah, I didn't, didn't do anything. So they're like, we're going to do a second round of Cervidil, which I wasn't pumped about, but it's fine. So, um, that was on Tuesday. So Tuesday around, I think it was around three o'clock is a little bit before like 24 hours. They 
put another one in. That one didn't go so well. Um, I the servant the first Servadel I think like really inflamed me and yeah, it was I was gonna say that yeah yeah it it was so painful um to put the second one in I they yeah it they had to try a couple times and I was just like swollen and inflamed so um it's it pretty much sucked but yeah it irritates so. it irritates the vagina it Servadel always does I, yeah. I, I don't know if it's necessarily because it's kind of like a scratchy tampon or if it's the medication or a little bit of both, but I think, um, you know, everybody is a little bit sensitive down there after a cervidil for sure. Yeah. I, it was not like the, the cervix, the cervix checks were the worst part of my whole labor. I would say it was crazy. So they put the second one in. And then at that point I didn't realize like the first time I did like sit up a little bit um, cause I was having like some chest pains too, from like, just like with my blood pressure and all that kind of stuff. So like laying down felt like a lot. So I like put the bed up a little bit and then I was worried that that was why nothing worked. So second time we did the Cervidal, I was like, Hey, I am flat. I am not moving. I am keeping this baby in. And, um, I did that and then I could walk around and pretty much like right after I could walk around, I started getting contractions and by like. I think it was like 5 a.m. I could not like handle it anymore. It was, it was like constant. Um, I was trying to like walk around the hospital. I was trying to go in the shower and it was, it, it sucked. I was like, hey, I have to be dilated because this is like painful. This is what everyone says. This is labor. I'm like, I got this. And then um, a nurse came to check me and she couldn't reach my cervix because baby was like at zero and my cervix is like, pretty far back. So she couldn't reach it. And I was like screaming in pain when she was trying to basically. So, um, we waited for like the doctor to come and then the doctor came and she, um, Oh no, no, I forgot to mean the nurse. Um, as soon as she checked me, the, the cervidal was like, not where it was supposed to be. So it was really far down. She could reach it really easily. And she took it out and she's like, Oh, it wasn't really where it was supposed to be. So I was like, okay, what? After all of that, it wasn't in the right place. And, and yeah, so that was a little bit disheartening. It was like, great. Um, the doctor came and checked me and um, said I wasn't like any further along. And it was hard because those cervix checks were like incredibly painful for her to even do. And it took like four tries because she couldn't reach my cervix. So I was, um, we had like three nurses and like my husband and I was like, screaming it was so painful and I just like wanted to get over with but she like couldn't reach it so we kept on having to like try again and try again because she's like I can't tell you what to do next if I don't know right where you're at yeah so by the time they actually got to it and she was like yeah you're still she's like you're like one centimeter still which is where I was from the first Servadel so I was like lovely so um at that point we they were offering me a c-section they were like why don't like this will be easier and like because of how inflamed i was they were worried about doing like a catheter or anything like a balloon catheter i think they're called because i wasn't dilated enough to like go on pitocin is what they said so it was kind of like a struggle but i didn't want i said no to an elect c-section so we got like another opinion from another doctor and she came in and she said that the plan could be that she puts me in Pitocin and then she gives me an epidural early so that she can put in a balloon catheter. And that's kind of like the way we had to do it because I couldn't just be on Pitocin with, with the, with, because I wasn't dilated enough, but she couldn't actually insert a balloon catheter without me being numb because it was so inflamed and it was so far back that she's like, I like, it's going to be difficult in the first place. And I just couldn't take the pain. Right. So yeah, so that was hard, but that is when things started moving forward. Cause I felt like it was like such a long process. This was Wednesday now. And I was like, okay. And everything was just like 24 hours. We'll wait like 10 hours. And like, things just seem to move slow sometimes. And then she was like, I said, that's what I wanted to do. And they warned me that, um, it could like end in a C-section just because of all this. And I, if that's how it, it, it has to be, then okay. But I didn't want to choose the C-section to start. So, so yeah, um, they sent me 
um, like right away to a delivery room and they put me on, they put an IV in and put me on Pitocin right away. And um, I did that for a little bit. I didn't really feel anything crazy. I had contractions like the whole time anyway. So it just kind of continued. And then, um, then they wanted to get me, give me that epidural. I wanted to wait a little bit longer because it was quite early. I wrote down the times. Yeah. Okay. So Pitocin nine or 10 30 AM. And then epidural was at 1 PM. And then they ended up putting the balloon catheter in around three. So it was kind of like every two hours, pretty steady. And the epidural didn't hurt at all. I am so amazed. I feel like you hear about it in like movies and you hear other people and they just like terrify you with like this huge needle and all this stuff. So I was worried about it. And the nurse was like, I feel like the IV is worse. And I was like, okay. And I've had IVs every single time I went to the hospital and I used to be terrified of needles. And now I'm like, I can, I can do anything. I can, I can take so many needles after pregnancy. I'm like, okay, I'm good. Um, but, <clears throat> but yeah, it, it was so easy. It, I like, I bent over, I like held, I, you feel like a little bit, you feel like a pinch, the I numb, feel like. The numbing. Yeah, you feel exactly the numbing of it. And then I felt like a little bit of pressure, but I didn't feel anything like crazy. And she's like, okay, you're done. And I was like, what? Literally amazed because like literally the cervix checks were like way worse, which is something that I feel like, you know, shouldn't. Yeah. So I think, I, I think that why epidurals don't, hurt as bad is like, you're already contracting. So like I always tell patients and doula clients um, or, you know, hospital patients, like who are really nervous as we're prepping for the epidural. I'm like, you've been having these contractions that you're having to slow down and breathe through. Like, I promise you that that's more distracting and intense probably than the epidural. And the epidural is so fast. Yeah. But when you're having a good contraction pattern, the epidural is nothing to worry about. Totally agree. Yeah. I was, I was like, Oh, okay. Easy peasy. Um, and it was pretty cool too, because I just thought I wouldn't feel anything. Like, I feel like that's kind of what you think happens, but I could feel my legs. I could feel like all that kind of stuff. And I just didn't feel any pain, mm. which is wild. Cause when they put the catheter in, <clears throat> they, um, they did the thing where they're like, Hey, touch first. So, and I could feel it which really scared me. So I'm like, Oh no, maybe this isn't, maybe it doesn't work. And, um, and then he like put every, like started putting thing, the, I don't know what it was. It's just like the the catheter with like the two little pockets that they blow the water, they fill with water. Right. Yeah. And they had to like use something to insert it. So they started putting that in and I didn't feel, I was like, Oh, I don't feel anything, but they did the balloon, like one inside my, like my cervix in my uterus and then one like on the outside. So I'm really glad because it was a lot of pressure. And I'm like, if I would have felt that, I don't know how women do that. Cause I'm like, that would have been terrible. I feel like it might've been not as bad if I didn't have a cervidil, but um, so yeah, we did that. And then it was just waiting basically, but I was trying to send out like lots of positive vibes because I really wanted to dilate. Um, and I used the big, it was like um, a peanut ball. I think it's called yeah so I use that and I like would flip sides every little bit and um I was drinking Gatorade because it was like the only thing I could drink that wasn't water that gave me like some sort of energy and um he it didn't fall out so not once did like I didn't feel it move they tugged at it a little bit to see if it was like if I was dilating and they couldn't really tell so I was starting to get a little nervous but at 11 p.m so it was like quite a while later. Um, that night they took, they took it out and I was five centimeters dilated. So it was like the first good news that I had. And it was like, so exciting. I'm like, okay, this is actually happening. Um, and from there it went really fast. Um, and then by, it was like 2am, I was like fully dilated to 10. So it took like three days and then from five centimeters to 10, it was just like done which was great. Um, but then we had some issues with the epidural. So then I started having, um, I started feeling like really bad contractions on my left side out of, out of nowhere. They just like came back and they were 
really bad and I couldn't move because I'm like numb everywhere else. So at first I was like, it's okay, I can handle it. And then it started to get like worse. And the nurse was, um, she was just like, why don't we like, like top up your epidural or do whatever. And I was like, okay, but it's only in like one spot. And she's like, yeah, maybe it's just like starting to wear off. Cause I did get it like at 1 PM the day right. before. So that's quite a long time on the epidural. Um, so, um, they, I topped it up and I had to top it up three times before the anesthesiologist would come and like talk to me basically. Um, he wasn't a very personable guy. The, the woman who did my epidural was awesome and like very friendly, but, um, like, yeah, that the guy that topped up, he wasn't, he, he didn't didn't seem to like human contact. He didn't want to talk to me. So I was like, okay. Um, cause he came in cause it wasn't working. And, um, I asked him, I was like, it's only one spot. So if it's not going to help like one spot, I don't want to be like extra numb basically. And he was like, I was like, does it matter where it is? And he was like, I don't care. I was like, okay. <laughs> He's like, I'm just going to make your pain go away. And I was like, okay. So he topped it up and left. And then, um, I still had like the feeling in my left side, but I started getting numb everywhere else. And then it was getting like pretty bad. And, um, I, he came back and like adjusted the, um, amounts basically. So I think like I was getting, I don't know how much I was getting, but he, he gave me like more in a smaller amount of time, but he didn't like talk to me about that. I was, I don't remember like having a conversation about it. I just, um, remember like being in pain and that happening. And then all of a sudden I could not feel my legs at all. And it was absolutely terrifying because I was, I was so numb that I had absolutely zero feeling and they would like move my legs to check to see if I was like 10 centimeters. And I felt like they could absolutely break my leg and I would have zero feeling. And it really started to stress me out. Cause that was like my biggest fear about an epidural, which I don't think is very realistic, but it always was before I got pregnant was that like, I would be paralyzed because I know because it's in your back. So I was like, and I'm a dancer and I'm like, I need my legs. I can't. Right. And it was, it was really scary. Oh. So I started to freak out a little bit. Um, and the nurse was, um, she was very like kind. We had an amazing staff and we were there for so long that like every nurse that came in, I was like, I'm like, can you stay? Like, it made me sad that we couldn't like, I couldn't deliver with like all of them because they're so nice. Mm -hmm. But, um, and the last one was really sweet, but she started to get like annoyed of, or like annoyed at me because I was freaking out about this so much. And she was like, it's fine. It's, it's going to be okay. And I was like, no, I'm like, I can't handle this. This is, I have to be able to feel my legs and I can't push. Like, I'm like, I, I can't feel anything. And she just kind of like, didn't really help. Like, wasn't, wasn't, um, supportive in the way that she was like okay like why don't we try this like she was more like you're fine so then i was like turning to josh and i was like I, you need to do something i was like i can't i can't do this and i it, it started to like be very overwhelming so like my heart rate started to go up and then i was like worried that i was like stressing out baby but um the doctor came in finally and he said he agreed with me he's like okay well you can't push if you like if you don't feel if you can't feel anything then that is like a problem and I said, I'm like, I would rather turn down the epidural and like have feeling than this. Cause I'm like, this is going to lead to a C-section 100%. I can't, can't feel anything. Um, so he thankfully agreed and they turned down the epidural for me and baby was okay. Thankfully this whole time, she never stressed out at all. Heart rate never dropped. So <clears throat> that was like a huge blessing because, <clears throat> sorry, caught something like that. Um, that was huge because they basically like warned us that if baby at all during this time, because we were trying everything that we were just like leading straight to a C-section. So, um, she was great the whole time. And, um, then, so yeah, the doctor turned it down and he was like, you're 10 centimeters, but like, well, she, she's not stressed. So we'll wait and see like if anything improves and then we'll go forward. So we waited like a full hour and, um, I started to have feeling back just on my left side. So same, I always had that like pain and then I could start to feel my left side and my leg, but I couldn't feel my other leg. And I didn't really feel a lot of pain though in my legs, which was good. And I was like, hey, let's just, let's just do this. I'm sure like, as I go, it's gonna get better. 
Um, and it made me feel a little better. At least that I could like, I could wiggle my toes. <laughs> I'm like, okay. That can be a scary <laughs> feeling though, for sure. Yeah, it was, oh yeah. I didn't, I didn't like that. <laughs> so we started pushing. And as soon as I started pushing, um, I had this like terrible back labor only on my left side, obviously that I could feel, but it felt like, I felt like my, my back was like broken and I was like trying to use it. It was like daggers and oh, it hurts so bad. And so pushing was like very painful and I pushed for an hour and a half, um, which isn't bad. I think, I think that's like good for first time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I think it's good. And the doctors were like, yeah, like you're pro- like, it was very slow and now it's like going fast. So I was like, cool. Um, but I kind of just blacked out during, um, pushing after like, I don't know, um, 10 ish pushes and like Josh was counting down. I was just like staring at him. And, uh, I just like, was in so much pain that I was like, I, I don't, I don't remember. I obviously continued pushing, but I just blacked out. And I remember the doctor saying, Oh, I think uh, like baby's head, I think baby has dad's hair and we didn't know the gender until baby came out. So, um, yeah, he, he was like, Oh, I think, I think baby has dad's hair. And I was, I remember like waking up being like, you can see the head, like I'm that close. And I was like, I can do this. And it was like three more pushes and baby came out and it was like such a surreal experience. It was so cool and pain immediately gone as soon as she was out. So I think they think it was like the way she was positioned from like on for my back. Right. The three, I'm not really sure what it was, but, um, and then they like flop. I, I really wanted them to be like, it's a boy, it's a girl. Um, but she, or they just like put her on me and they started like patting her like crazy, which I also didn't expect. And I was like, happening is, is, is baby okay and then um I asked I was like what is it what is it and then they lifted her up and said dad like we don't know dad like what is what what is I don't know how they say it what is what, it what, do you <laughs> I don't know. what is it yeah and he was like it's a girl and we thought it was a girl kind of the whole time like we yeah. had this strong feeling but we also like obviously didn't know um so it was pretty cool and then then it felt like everything, like everything was great, but it just felt like I was on like a ride and everyone was like moving around me. They do so much stuff and I'm getting like stitched up. I just had like a first degree tear and I'm just like sitting there with my legs and like the stirrups and I'm just like, and baby's on me. And I'm like, what is happening? Like that actually just happened. So yeah, that was, that was the labor. It ended up being good, but it was, um, it was a long process and yeah, it was more painful than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, definitely. You definitely had like an induction with all the things, you know, every, every, um, thing that they could have done and tried, they did, but it's great that, you know, in the end, um, everything worked out. Induction definitely can take three days, especially for first time moms at 37 weeks, because, you know, you, you're fighting nature. You're trying to get your body and your baby to, to do something that they're just, you know, it's not on their calendars for a few more weeks. Um, so that's totally normal for it to, you know, take a little, little while, but, um, I'm glad in the end that you were able to have that, the vaginal birth that you wanted, like you said, C-section was, you know, you're really your last resort. So, um, it's amazing that you were kind of able to be like, you know what, no, I'm going to have some hope and go, go for this route that seemed much harder and longer, which you knew it would be. Um, but in the end it definitely worked out. Yeah, it was good. And she ended up coming like on my 37 week day, Okay, which was really nice. Cause we wanted, I was like, I want you to come. I want like 37 weeks. I don't know if it really changes that much, but they stay like every hour kind of helps yes. with premature baby. So I was happy that she came on 37 instead of 36. I was like, nice. Yeah. And so yeah. how, how was postpartum? How was um, your postpartum experience, postpartum healing? Um, it's been rough. Uh, so it was okay to start um, obviously like in the hospital, it's quite, quite painful. Um, it like hurts so much to just like sit and just to like stand back up. I couldn't, it was like, yeah. oh, so bad. Um, and I only had a first degree tear. So I was like, okay, I feel like, I feel like I should be not as much of a baby about it, but it was okay. <laughs> hey, it hurts. Um, and yeah, it hurts and everything was okay. Um, for a for the first like five, six days, it was kind of normal. And then it was like Christmas Eve. So it was a week later. 
um, my, my husband and I were just like playing a card game at home. And I just started getting these like terrible cramps that were like in my sides and in my back. And I was like, okay, like it's fine. I went to the washroom and then there was like a little bit more blood than usual. And I was like, okay, it's okay. But then the cramps just went from like zero to a hundred. I was in like crazy pain and he like took me to the hospital and on the way to the hospital, I like passed out in the car. And then um, the experience of going to the ER versus like labor and delivery was like 100% different. Like obviously I'm in Canada, so like we have free healthcare and um, our hospitals are a little bit different because they, it just takes longer. Everything takes longer because everyone is getting the same amount of care. So the ER sucks. Like I remember I was like waiting for so long in like excruciating pain and I'm like vocalizing it because I have to vocalize it. And there's like a baby behind me and like, she's like crying and crying. I was like, oh my goodness. And it was hard, like no one was like, they were just, it's just like a slow process. Um, and finally they let me in, but I couldn't have Lola and I couldn't have um, my husband. So I had to be alone, which sucked. Um, and they, they brought me in to a room after like, I would say like half an hour, 45 minutes. And um, I stayed there for about seven hours by myself. And I had to have an ultrasound. I had to have like a, um, a few like tests. And it turns out I had, um, a infection of the uterine lining it's called like endo it's not endometriosis endometriosis but it's like similar to that yeah. it looks similar um and i had like a kidney infection and then um they took me for an ultrasound and i had a retained pl placenta so mm. a, a small piece of my placenta was still in there and i have to wait for like the ob to see if it was something that they'd have to take care of right away so i had to just like stay there for quite a while and then I had to like borrow a pump because I was like I'm I'm breastfeeding and I didn't have I'm like I and I haven't been away from her and I didn't want to be away from her so it was very hard it was also like Christmas Eve so yeah it, it was not fun and then the process of like that after going home and I had to go on um, antibiotics and stuff and the antibiotics can like affect your stool and it can affect the baby's stool and it did so that was like stressful because it's funny, you have a baby and then like all you talk about is like peeing and pooping all the time. Like, I'm like, I don't usually, <laughs> I know I'm like, oh no, like. What is, poop and what sleep, that's like? like all you talk about. Pee, poop, sleep. <laughs> Literally, yeah, yeah. So it was, yeah, it was funny, but um, but yeah. So it's been, it's been rough today actually. I have my ultrasound to check to see if the okay. placenta has gone away. So I really hope that it's passed, that I don't have to have anything, but. But yeah, it was just like one thing after another. Um, I started to feel better and then I just felt so much worse. And it's just been like, I, the infection didn't go away immediately. So I had to have like some more antibiotics and yeah. So yeah, postpartum, so, um, it's hard. So they didn't um, like manually remove that piece of placenta. They kind of wanted to wait and see if your body would. Okay. Cause a lot of times I, I, I'm sure there are a lot of factors that depend, but they will just um, do like almost like a DNC. Um, and remove that retained placenta, which probably would have made it resolve quicker, but maybe if it was small enough of a piece, they kind of just thought, um, your body would get rid of it on its own. How have you been feeling like these past, this past week or two? Yeah, I've been feeling, okay. I have some, like I get random cramps, um, but I don't have like a ton of bleeding. So that's good, I think. Um, but it, it like, it got bad and then the bleeding kind of like subsided and it got better. So they said it was like too small of a piece for them to like, like surgically remove it gotcha. then. So I think like what she said is she's like, if it doesn't pass in a certain amount of time, then we'll have to, gotcha. but it also kind of scared me. Cause then, you know, I go on Google and I'm like, retain placenta and I'm like, this is terrifying. So, um, I hope it's passed or I hope they, but like I said, like in Canada, it's, everything's just like so slow. Like right. you, so it's like, if I, and I didn't want to have a procedure that day either. Cause I've already been there for like seven hours right. and like waiting. And I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to stay here and like leave my baby for like her first Christmas and everything, because I know they're not going to do it right away. I know they would be like, okay, we'll schedule you for like this day, but we'll keep you in the hot. And I was like, no. So, and I had like appointments with my OB. So I'm like, I'll just contact her. And then like, cause you know what I mean? I'm like, okay, I right. feel like two days is going to make a difference. So um, 
So I was happy that they didn't do anything at that time. But yeah, I am a little worried because I do still have like random, like intense cramping, which could just be my uterus, like going back to like shrinking back to size. They could be it passing. I don't, they didn't really tell me exactly what it would look like. So I've been trying to like see if it's passed, but I don't really see, like, I don't know. I, they told me to be worried about like big clots. Um, so I've been looking for that and I've seen like small pieces. So I don't know. Could right. be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping that you I get good news today. You'll have to update me after and, um, and, and let me know. But besides that, um, you know, how has postpartum been good? How is adjusting to, to a new baby Ben? I know it's a, you're, it's, it's a big adjustment for sure. <laughs> yeah. I had intense baby blues for okay. the first five days. It was, um, so many tears. Um, I have never cried so much. Um, it was like, and it's so strange. Cause you're like, so happy. Like, like I look at her and I'm just like, so in love, but like the adjustment and every, I don't know, it, it totally hit me all at once. And I, I could not stop crying all the time. Um, and I couldn't stop like just thinking about how different our lives are now. And that was hard for me. And I think, I don't know if I would have felt that even if she came like this week when she was supposed to, or like, yeah, last week, if I would have felt the same, if I was like, I feel like I just wasn't ready or if it's just baby blues and it just like hits you. But I, for the, it was like, my husband went to go get coffee beans, um, three days, I think it was three days after she was born and, um, he left and I was like, I walked into the kitchen and it was like silent in her house and like baby was like sleeping in her swing. And I was like, no. And I started bawling and I called him. I was like, you need to come back right now. I can't be alone. I can't do this. And I was like, I need you here. So yeah, it was very intense. Um, and Josh just started a new job about a month ago. So December 1st, he got a new, um, this like great opportunity came around. We weren't looking for like a new job, but it, it it's an awesome, it's very positive. So he took it, but I was like, it's not a great time for that. Um, and the employer is amazing. It's like a very small company. We know them personally. And he was like, yeah, when baby comes, um, how about we just give you like five extra days that you can just take and um, not include it in your like, what's called um, vacation or time off or anything. We'll just give you that. But because of the induction and the prior weeks that I was like in the hospital, we totally used that up and like more. So technically he would have had to go back to work on the Monday and she was born on Thursday. So I was like, not ready for that. And I think this was like Saturday or something. And I was like, okay, I'm like, you need to take more time. Like we can't. So he like talked to his boss and he was like, yeah, I'll give you like a couple more days. Like, let me know how it goes. And then, um, he ended up calling him like two days later and was like, I'm just going to give you until January 3rd. He's like, just take time. Don't worry about it. Like you'll still get paid. Just like take care of like your wife and everything, which was such a blessing because I don't know how I would have handled it. That one week was just like emotions everywhere. Totally, I was, it was crazy. And then it just magically just like went away after, yeah, I think it was like five, probably like a full week, I would say. And um, it was hard when people would, would visit. I never felt bad about other people holding her. I like loved seeing it. But after like 45 minutes of them being like at our house, I was like, go like we have to leave right now and I would just like be overwhelmed I don't know it was it was crazy I read about those kind of things and I I heard about it but I, I had no idea how extreme it could be yeah it definitely can just like hit you out of nowhere and it's just like this overall feeling it's not even necessarily that you're sad you're just like I just can't help but cry right now like it just happened it just it's like a light switch goes off and you're like okay I gotta cry like it you just I, and I love that when people talk about this I think most people that ever come on the podcast always bring up something with like postpartum depression or postpartum baby blues, which I love because we're just normalizing it. Like one story at a time, this being talked about, we're normalizing it more and more, whether it's postpartum baby blues, postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression. Um, but you know, just cause we're 
when I say normalizing it, I mean more just like shining a light on it and talking about it. Of course, it's not normal to have to like suffer through. There are so many resources, even medication, definitely get help if you're experiencing anything that I think goes beyond the baby blues. Cause baby blues, you know, they're short lasting. They are, baby blues are normal. Um, it's just, it's an adjustment. You're tired. Um, you have a new baby, a whole life that you're responsible for You're hormonal, but you know, of course, beyond postpartum baby blues, I think that it's super important to, to get help and to talk about these things, but Um, Also to know, you know, I love that people talk about these things on the podcast because you're not alone. Um, Everybody to some extent experiences somewhere on the spectrum, um, one of these things. Um, And yeah, there are just a lot of help and resources for sure, but it can also, you know, in the beginning be a normal thing. I know it's, yeah, I love that it's talked about because, and I was, I like talked to Josh too. I was like, you need to make sure if this continues, like, can you talk to me about it and make sure that I do do something about it? Because it was, I was scared that it was going to continue because I I had no control over it. I felt like, um, but it was really cool because I don't have a lot of like mom friends. I just have my one like best friend who has four kids, but she has a lot of friends who have kids. Um, and it was really cool to see the community of it because so many people like messaged me and I didn't like put anything on social media about like feeling that way. I just like, I posted a couple photos of like Lola and stuff, but nothing crazy. And then a lot of people messaged me and they're like, how are you feeling? And I was just like very honest about it. I was like, I'm just like very emotional. And all of them, they're like, oh, I cried for like two weeks in bed with like my baby. Like, don't, don't worry about it. It's totally normal. And everybody like made me feel so much better about it. And like, it was, it's just, it actually helped so much. And like, I remember I got like a message from someone that was just like, I don't know you very well, but like, I know you're like, you're going to be a great mom. And like, just those little things, I was like, I needed that. I needed that in that moment. And it was really, really helpful as my mom too was like super helpful. She would come over and like drop off food and she would come over and be like, I don't need to like see Lola. You can like just cuddle her and I'm just going to do your laundry. And like, she would just like, change our sheets and make dinner for us and drop off all these things. And she was like a little bit, um, she was five pounds, 15 ounces. So a lot of the clothes were like way too big for her that we had. I didn't have like a ton of newborn stuff and she needed like some preemie stuff. And she like would just drop off like bags of clothes. And it was just, it was really nice to feel, we felt like lots of support around there. And Josh was like really understanding. And like anytime I was just crying, he'd be like, Hey, like, what are you feeling? And let's talk about it. And like, it was really helpful because like, he didn't feel that way, obviously. Yeah. He's just been like, in this like dad glow of like, oh, it's amazing. I like, I love this baby so much. And this is the best thing ever. And I'm just like sitting there crying. So yeah, people talking about it a hundred percent helps because yeah, it made me feel like just a million times better and able to accept it. Cause I think I was trying yes. to like, fight it push it away yeah so knowing that I'm like okay it's gonna go away and I gave myself like a two-week window before I um went further and like talked to anybody or felt like I needed help and it went away before that so yeah 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 I I I totally agree I love how you like like I gave it that little you know two-week window um because it (laughs) it really is just, it's just like emotions that you just feel and sharing it and talking about it and not fighting it, I think is big because, you know, you don't want to be in denial of it. I think just accepting like, okay, this is how I feel. This might be normal for a little while for short term. Um, and just allowing yourself to feel that and just kind of accept it. I think fighting it makes it even worse and even harder because in the beginning I was like that. I was like, no, I'm not going to like every evening. Mine was like for a week when the sun went down, the tears came. And I would try to fight it and fight it. And I felt 10 times worse. Whereas if I just got to like cry for five minutes, I was good to go. Like I just got it out. And then I went on with like my night or whatever. Um, but when I would try to fight it, I would feel even worse. And then I'd be like, well, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with me? But then finally I was like, you know what? This is normal. I'm just going to feel it for a little while and kind of did just like what you did. I was like, I'm going to give myself the next week. Um, and if it gets worse, I'll go get help. And if it goes away, then great. But in the meantime, I'm just going to let it come and go as it pleases. Um, and just accept that it is, you know, just a hormonal thing with a lot of change and responsibility that comes on you. Totally. Yeah. And the, the weather, 
100% affects it too. Oh yeah. Like right now, like I'm in Alberta and for the past two weeks, we were one of the coldest places on earth. So it was like, I'm in Celsius. I'm not sure like Fahrenheit, but it was like negative 40 the entire, which I think is the same actually in Fahrenheit. I think it's negative 40 is the same. I think negative 40 is like zero. Oh, Okay. Somebody it's will probably cool. correct us because I we're probably Some know, of right, us know, but yeah. I know it's not um, the same. It's definitely different. Yeah, I thought, but I thought there was like a temperature that like then it goes the same. I don't know. I think anyway. I don't know. Anyways. It was it cold was as heck. Cool. Yeah, like it's frostbite as soon as you go outside. Oh, wow. Um yeah, it's terrible. So for the past two weeks, like when we were in the hospital is when the cold snap started, which is nice because we just never left, but like my car wouldn't start. Um you instantly like your nose will just like freeze if you go outside and Lola we are struggling with her temperature for the first like few days too so um she was like kind of just on the lower side so we had to make sure like lots of skin to skin and bring her temperature up so I was like we're not going outside at all um but it sucked to not go outside and to not feel like I, I just felt like I needed fresh air. I feel like a walk would have totally made me feel right. like right. better. And it's just like the sun every morning I'd wake up like before Josh. And for the first little bit, she slept great. Not so much anymore. Um, but during the night she would sleep a little bit longer and um, I would wake up and like silence really hit me. So if it was like really quiet and then the sun wasn't up yet and I was like alone, then I would just like, it would just hit me and then same thing when the sun went down at night it would just like boom it's crazy how that can affect you that much right right like I don't know it was it was pretty pretty wild to um to know I could like count I could see as soon as the sun started going down I was like okay you're like gearing up it's coming here it comes let's get some tea let's get some water like get the tissues yeah literally I was like okay at least I knew it was coming. Yes. Yes. Well, I'm glad that that kind of, you know, passed quickly for you. Um, and like I said, I really hope that you get good news today with your ultrasound. Um, but thank you for sharing your birth story. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I felt like it was, it was totally like a roller coaster. And I, I was like, this is something that I would really like to like talk about because it just wasn't what I expected. And I listened to like a lot of your podcasts really like helped me kind of see like what would happen and like what are the options and what other people go through I it was really helpful to hear um and I literally listened to one of your episodes like two days before I went into like my induction and it was a three-day induction and I was listening to it and I'm like oh this sounds like this sounds awful like oh my gosh and then I like during my induction too I like went back to that to the podcast and like listened to like a few things as to like how hers progressed to know, like, I'm like, am I going to progress that way? What should I like, you know, look for? And like, Josh and I like listened to it and it was just, it's really helpful to hear everybody's stories and to hear like, yeah, it's really great. So I was like, I wonder if she tells, I was like, oh, I want to see if you tell other people's stories and like, so yeah. Well, that makes me, that makes me so happy. I'm so glad then that you are now able to come on and share your story because you know, there might be somebody else who's being induced that then is going to listen to your story or can pull something. Um, I think, you know, even when I do these podcasts, I learn something from everybody's birth story. Um, even after hearing a ton of them. So, um, that's why I love this is, you know, other it's just listening to birth stories are fun, but then also while you're pregnant, you really can learn so much just from listening to somebody else's journey. And, um, obviously every birth is different, but there are definitely things that you can like pull from and learn about, um, through somebody else's story. So, yeah, that that's amazing. It makes me so happy that you loved the podcast and um, we're, you know, listening and learning through it. So yeah, thank you for being a part of it and contributing. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> thank you for listening to another episode of What The Bump. Make sure to follow us over on Instagram at WhatTheBumpCLT. Check out our website, WhatTheBumpCLT.com. Make sure to leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you are listening on. And tune in every Monday at 9 a.m. for a new episode. Remember that this podcast is for educational purposes only. I will see you next week in the next episode.